Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fetsky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Christoph Benzel, CEO of Tissium. Christoph, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. So, uh, happy to have you. Um, so your company uh, specializes in, in tissue reconstruction using a, a process or using a, a technology called biomorphic programmable polymers. Um, can you explain what that is? Uh, yes. In fact, um, first to give you some perspective, we operate in the space of body repair and tissue reconstruction. And what we have seen and understood was that uh, if you look at how surgeries are performed, uh, the way uh, they have been performed until now, basically uh, these procedures are fundamentally traumatic. You suture, you staple, you use screws, etc. All those technologies mm-hmm. were designed and translated from uh, uh, craftsmanship, basically how to repair a fabric, but uh, they, don't, they do not take into account the fact that uh, the body of a patient uh, is made out of living tissues. And those techniques can have a negative impact, we believe. Uh, there have been some improvements in the last few years uh, with robotics and miniaturization, but they mainly reduce the impact of accessing the tissue, not really how you repair the tissue. And we believe that this lack of improvement was fundamentally uh, due to a bottleneck which we believe are the materials. And the technologies mm-hmm. that exist today are not really adequate. Uh, we worked with a team, a team at the MIT with whom we worked and co-founded the company, basically designed a new family of material that allow to comply to the underlying tissue. This is what we mean by biomorphic. They really comply to the tissue and the need of tissue repair so that they will not interfere for the natural tissue reconstruction that can occur in your own body. And the interesting thing is that family of polymers uh, can be tuned and uh, customized or programmed uh, in the lab, meaning that we will be able to design different types of polymers for different applications. Because as you can understand, when you repair uh, a nerve or when you repair an aorta or when you repair... uh, a part of a colon, the mechanical, the mechanical properties, the length of the repair is different. So thanks to mm-hmm. that technology, we can really customize it. So this is what we call and how we call our biomorphic programmable polymers. So, so really the, so biomorphic, you know, you, was kind of straightforward that, that you explained that it, that it conforms to the body's uh, uh, shape, but the programmable part is really interesting. So you're saying that the the same um, set or same types of polymers are being used, whether it's being used for a uh, uh, you know, let's say, muscle or or a, a, you know, an organ or you know, what whatever the whatever the tissue is, it's it's programmed to have the same physical characteristics for that uh, tissue? Yes. In fact, what we do is um, most polymers are made uh, from one monomer, 
that is replicated many times. In our case, our polymers are made out of three different monomers. So depending on how you combine them, you can create different networks. That's the first thing. And the second thing is depending on how we functionalize those monomers or how we, we slightly change those monomers, we can end up with different mechanical properties, uh, bioresorption properties, speed of resorption, and also mm -hmm. we can tune the strength of adhesion when we want to use the polymer as an adhesive. So we can tailor or design for a set of tissues or family of tissues so that specifically we can address those families. And if we need to have different properties, we will be able to design another class of polymer, another, family, uh, uh, another polymer within the same family that will be able to address those different needs. So we don't believe in the concept of one size fits all, yet uh, we want to be able to really define the right solution for the right surgical uh, condition and setup. Now, is this, is this just for soft tissue, or uh, are you able to replicate properties of you know, something like bone? The core of our technologies are called elastomeric polymers. So they are mainly designed for soft tissues, per se. Okay. Uh, and uh, the interesting thing is uh, our polymers are um, hydrophobic, meaning that they don't mix with blood or water, the blood. Uh, they are elastomeric and bioresorbable. And they also have one kind of unique properties, I think, is they don't polymerize until the doctor decides. So they are activated, which is very mm -hmm. useful in open procedures because the doctor can activate the polymer when uh, he feels that the field is completed. But for laparoscopic and endoscopic procedures, but also robotic, we can leverage the technology uh, and use it inside the body when the operator is somewhat uh, distant or remote. So this opens up a breadth of new applications for laparoscopic procedures and uh, also robotic procedures. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to ask about the potential applications for this, this type of technology, but um, I think that's probably too numerous. I mean, just, just in hearing about it, I'm, I'm already thinking of all the different ways this could be used. So why don't you just explain what maybe some of the primary applications are, where you envision it being used, uh, at least initially. You know, what are some of the uh, early applications that you anticipate or that is how, be, how it's being used? Indeed, when we worked with uh, the team at VMIT uh, and the inventors, Bob Langer and Jeff Karp, but also Maria Pereira, who was uh, doing her PhD then at VMIT and who joined us as our chief innovation officer, one thing that was central is we believe that if we could translate that technology into products, uh, the, impact, the impact could be immense. Uh, we could really uh, expand it in, in very different fields and for different mm -hmm. applications. Today, we are going after three fields, which are very different. The first one is we are designing solutions for uh, the repair of peripheral nerves, where we are designing a solution which is completely sutureless. We can repair nerves together with no sutures by inserting the nerve into uh, a chamber uh, made out of our polymer for 3D printing. And after, we fix that chamber onto the nerve using our own adhesive. We have a second program, where, uh, which is very different. We are capable of repairing hernia 
uh, ventral hernia by mm -hmm. uh, transforming existing meshes into self-adhesive meshes. And this procedure is due through laparoscopic surgery. And we have a third program uh, where we have designed uh, the polymer as a sealant that can be applied on high-pressure vessels when you have some leakage on the site of anastomosis. And basically, we can make those anastomoses completely uh, seal-proof. So as you can see, the fields are very different. The tissue types are very different. And these are the first three programs we are moving forward. But we believe that uh, by bringing a new class of materials to the industry, we will be able to work alone, but also in partnerships with innovators uh, to bring those, uh, that material and that technology to many applications. One thing which is also uh, worth noting, the polymer has a specific way to resolve uh, through surface erosion, meaning that it will, if I can say so, it will melt like a nice cube, a nice cube in a glass of water, meaning that mm -hmm. if you incorporate some drugs inside the polymer, it will release those drugs locally. So there's also another vertical where besides 3D printing and adhesiveness fixation, we also anticipate to bring drugs inside our devices forward to to enhance the potential of uh, body repair and, and tissue reconstruction. One of the challenges we have is from a business model point of view, how do you develop those things? And we want to go uh, the following way, which is a kind of hybrid model. For in the field where we believe we can have multiple products uh, in a vertical and where we can uh, relatively easily address uh, and work with surgeons to uh, promote our technology, we anticipate to go directly, uh, di direct sales and commercialize our own products. But for the field which are a bit much broader, such as cardiovascular or, or general surgery for hernia, we anticipate to develop some strategic partnerships with large medtechs who are already established mm -hmm. in those fields and commercialize, finalize the development and commercialize with them those products more like it's done in biotech, with biotech and pharma, we want to be able to bring those, that mix uh, to industry so that our technology and our polymers could be used uh, to a broader, uh, for a breadth of indications, uh, helping patients. So you're, so you're almost providing this, uh, you know, through, through strategic agreements, through, you know, uh, partnerships, uh, you're providing this as your own product for certain applications uh, as, a, as a, a type of medical device and then also almost like providing the raw material so that another company can further manipulate it to be used for a specific application, like you said, in cardiovascular or in a, in a different application where, they, where you're just more of a supplier role rather than or is it or is it a collaborative uh partnership where you're both uh creating the finished device or do you supply the material as a supplier to them how does that how does that work so we we believe that the value comes from the innovation of the surgical solution so the end user the surgeon and the, his or her patient uh, needs to have a fully integrated solution that they can benefit. So we mm -hmm. design solutions out of which the polymer is central. But w when we design a product, we, we don't design just the polymer. We design the polymer, how it shall be used on the 
tissue type for the surgical procedures. So we also create accessories because the way you apply a poly our polymer to a nerve of one millimeter will be very different on the way you apply it on an artery of three centimeters of diameter or the right. way you use it to fix a mesh uh, which has a 20 by 20 centimeter dimension. So mm -hmm. we design solutions and when a surgeon will, will uh, use one of our products in the box, they will find the accessories for that dedicated procedures and the polymer in a prefit syringe together because this is right. what we design as a solution. So moving forward, we anticipate to design solutions that we will be able to commercialize directly, like in the nerve space, where we anticipate to have multiple products coming in the, coming, in the next few years. But in, in areas where there are already existing players and broad portfolios such as in the cardiovascular space, for example, or the ANIA space, what we want to do is co-develop and eventually co-design if we, if, we, if we go up the value chain uh, with partners, uh, solutions that for which we have identified the medical need and developed it alone, but then partner with them, or eventually uh, down the road, people coming to us saying, this is a problem I'm trying to address. This is the unmet need. How can we bring together our technologies or, or innovation capabilities to co-design it? One interesting thing is our polymers are brand new. They have never been produced before us. So we did build a state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in north of France where we can produce any version of a polymer, meaning that uh, we will provide for every device, whether it's designed by us or with partners, pre-filled solutions in syringe that will be adapted to the dedicated accessories required for the procedure. So there is a possibility to build a broad and effective ecosystem of innovations and solutions for patients. Wow. So um, you mentioned the, 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 the melt, you compared it to ice melting, the breakdown of the, the material as, uh, as healing uh, occurs or as the, as the, you know, the body is, uh, is being restored, the, the polymer melts away. And you mentioned drug delivery. So are you able to control the speed and the rate at which that melt occurs so that the drug delivery could be distributed in a time-release fashion so that somebody can say, hey, after five days, we want this much of the pharmaceutical to release. And then at 10 days, you know, this, this much of the dosage release. Are you able to control it to that degree? <clears throat> so we can control uh, and monitor the speed of degradation, uh, playing on the chemistry of a polymer, but also playing on the chemistry of the formulation of the drugs we insert into the polymer. Uh, our technology uh, is more in, uh, if you look at time, it's, we are more speaking about months than days. So okay. the technology was designed to support tissue construction, which happened over time. So we are really more into the, the, the weeks and months timelines than the days and hours. So it's not about acute, it's really about chronic, uh, potentially chronic release. And the idea uh, is that whether the polymer is naked or whether it has been loaded with a drug, um, uh, we believe that uh, eventually the body will develop its own repair 
Mm-hmm. Uh, our technologies are there to support that process, to facilitate, uh, to support potentially mechanically by bringing the, bringing the right strength, or potentially also uh, uh, chemically by uh, bringing additional uh, chemical entities or drugs to, to, to enhance those things. But uh, we believe that our technology should disappear after that full process is completed. So uh, over time, the polymer will resorb and fully resorb. Mm-hmm. And uh, the tissue, uh, the body will, re- will be without any uh, fine body uh, per se. Fantastic. So, so what has already been the, uh, you know, what, what is your market release look like? What is your regulatory uh, uh, approval or, or, you know, review status uh, look like? Where do you stand in terms of, you know, putting this out on the market and, uh, you know, gaining regulatory reviews uh, around the world? So, uh, as you I, I, as you know, we are uh, uh, a French-based company. Uh, mm-hmm. However, uh, we were funded out from the MIT, so we have a very strong uh, we have very strong ties to the US, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, first, for our cardiovascular program, the CNN program, uh, we which which we advance as a, as, a, as a use case for for the platform. We did get the C mark in Europe for low pressure vessel for peripheral vascular uh, repair. Uh, and we also did get an IDE approval from the FDA on that product. Uh, we decided to merge it with a next generation polymer that we are using for high pressure vessels and for which we will uh, submit a new IDE uh, to, the, to the FDA. But in parallel of that, uh, we are working uh, with the FDA to, 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 towards the submission uh, towards the end of this year, early next year, for the nerve repair program, where we are using our uh, sutureless cooptation system, and we are also working on bringing the ANIA program uh, through clinical trials uh, early next year. So we are advancing both three programs in parallel, which is kind of unique. Typically, you have one product, then eventually down the road another one. We are really building the platform and the, and the poly. Uh, the families of polymer together. Mm-hmm. Uh, this required a very strong investment in uh, our manufacturing capabilities, which we did. And this is how we are now uh, accelerating and leveraging. Just to give you a sense, for the cardiovascular program, it took us six years uh, to have it ready uh, for, for, for ID submissions. Uh, it took us four years to get to the same stage with a nerve. And for the hernia, now we would have, we are doing this in a, 18 months, roughly, because we can now start wow. to leverage all our past investments. And this is the beauty of a platform and how we want to push it forward. So the ambition is today we have three verticals, but we anticipate in the next coming years to move from three verticals to six verticals. And we believe that we can uh, expand uh, up to 10 to 15 different verticals uh, down the road with partners. Wow. So, I mean, at the rate you're going, you know, you'll be able to churn these out, you know, one, one a week. I mean, at the, at the rate you're going. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have reached a plateau, I think. Uh, the 18 right. months to two years is the minimum you can get. But uh, if you start to, if we start to innovate in, in parallel in those different fields, uh, we believe that we will be able to help surgeons bring new technology to their patients. The interesting thing also is, as I mentioned, 
today we are working with two different polymers. One we mm-hmm. use as a resin for 3D printing and one we use as an adhesive. But we're also working in parallel in bringing uh, modifications of those polymers so that we can expand the type of tissues we can work with. So down the road, you could expect to have two or three polymers that are used as resin when you fabricate new elastomeric implants and two or three uh, polymers that can be used as uh, adhesive and, uh, and, uh, and, um, and, uh, and, and sealant solutions that, polymerize, that you can polymerize inside your body. So we are building a library of uh, products and solutions to transform the way surgery has been done. And as I was saying at the, at the beginning, we believe that uh, uh, surgery should be atraumatic. When you want to repair tissue, you don't want to uh, damage them the way the current techniques are obliging uh, the surgeon mm-hmm. to do. So for a set of um, surgical uh, conditions, we, we, uh, indications, we, really want, we believe that atraumatic repair is the future of surgery. Well, that's fantastic, and and you know any anyone who who speaks about uh, you know helping to support the body heal itself is is certainly going to get my attention, and and I think is is certainly the way healthcare overall uh, uh, should be approaching it. So your atraumatic um, approach is certainly one that that interests me, and uh, you know I hope I hope it you know moves forward and is, it continues to be successful. Um, but unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. I'd like to thank uh, our my guest, Christoph Bensel of Tissium, for telling us all about his biomorphic programmable polymers. Uh, and as always, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Uh, until next time, this has been Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening. <laughs>